Hello and welcome to the King's Spotlight on Sustainability podcast. In this podcast, we're shining a light on all things sustainability. We want to get you thinking about some of the challenges we face surrounding climate change and the natural world, whilst highlighting some of the innovative solutions happening at King's and beyond. So in this series, MSc climate change students Kate, Daniel and Elsa have taken the wheel to explore the job hunt from the climate perspective. As sustainability is a growing field across many different industries, we wanted to learn more about how you can pursue sustainability whatever your career aspirations. To do this, we explored the jump hunt from the climate perspective, interviewing professionals across a range of industries to find that inside scoop. We hope this podcast will inform and inspire you to help you find a job or develop your current role to make a sustainable difference. Hello and welcome to this episode of the King's Spotlight on Sustainability podcast. So in this episode, we're very lucky to be joined by Dr. Sian Brown, a senior Atlantic fellow at Takano Health Equity, a nonprofit leadership development program which aims to create a more equitable South African society with improved health status across all populations. She's also the founder of Women Leaders Planetary Health South Africa, a platform that advocates for women's leadership in planetary health a concept that stems from the impacts human activity and resulting pollution are having on the earth and environment. So we'll be talking to Cyan today about her sustainability-focused career in the field of healthcare to provide an insight for our students about to enter the job market. We'll take the time to explore her current role and how this contributes to the mission of achieving sustainability within healthcare. We'll then discover how she got to where she is today and what the future for sustainability in healthcare is shaping up to be. So thank you so much for joining us today. We're really excited to have you on the show. So in this first segment, we'd love to start learning a bit more about your current role and your organization. So could you first start perhaps by talking about what you do? do? Great. Well, it's really great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. So at the moment, I wear a few hats. My main roles are I'm the founder of Women Leaders Planetary Health South Africa. We have a hub here. And it's an organization that focuses on the intersection of gender, environmental issues and health and we're a social enterprise and a team that really focuses on doing research that we can translate into advocacy and training around these issues. The second hat I wear is I'm an Atlantic Fellow for Health Equity at Takano in South Africa and Takano is really a community of change makers interested in promoting more equitable access to healthcare and in this space it's really about fostering collaboration, doing collective projects, and increasing awareness about how inequitable healthcare is at the moment. I guess both of your roles are primarily focusing on the how health inequality is uh, very key to sustainability. Absolutely, I think that it took me a long time to connect the dots, if I'm honest. It didn't come automatically that I understood, you know, how health and sustainability were connected, but After a few different courses and I think just broadening my awareness, I realized it's all well and good that we're looking at increasing access to healthcare for people who currently don't have it. But if we're doing that at the cost of the planet or doing that in a way that isn't sustainable, it's really going to be short term and short sighted. And I think there is definitely ways to think about improving access to health that these ways are not just good for people, but also good for the planet. And I think that's what got me really interested in this intersection. And now I actually can't see them as separate things, if I'm honest. Yeah, that's really, really fascinating. And it's it's 
sounds like the way that most you know our understanding of sustainability has changed and is growing and it, it includes health equality it includes social justice it's integral to to those concepts and you can't have one without the other almost exactly and i and i think it's powerful when we think about sustainability to realize that in putting in place more sustainable systems for our environment if we aren't doing that in a way that really considers all people if we aren't doing that in an inclusive way if we aren't looking at it through a social justice lens it's really going to be perceived as a top-down approach and something which communities won't take ownership of you know i think there's much more value in co-creating different ways of doing things and different ways of thinking about healthcare and transitions to a more sustainable world if it's with communities if equity is at the forefront and and so i think sustainability is a useful lens but needs to be thought about in conjunction with a lot of other um a lot of other lenses absolutely so i'd love to i'd love to hear more about kind of your role and what the women's leaders planetary health kind of program does so what what groups of people are you working with and what actions are you taking with those groups of people so our global program which i was a part of three years ago runs a course specifically for women from the global south that focuses on it's a digital course around planetary health what is planetary health how does it intersect with the field you're working in and just introducing both the movement and the science. I think planetary health is quite a new concept. You know, we have one health, we have public health, we have global health, but planetary health is really taking all of those and thinking about it with the environment at the center. And so it's a short course in understanding the different elements of that. And then there's also a mentorship component, which pairs women from the global South with different mentors in the planetary health field. And the idea is that, with sustainability and with the decisions we all need to make in order to ensure we, we, we keep the temperature as low as possible and we look after our planet in a way that we've never done before in order to, to stop the destruction we're seeing, at least to slow it down, uh, we need to be making some difficult decisions. And it can't just be that those that have historically been in power continue to make those decisions. We have to see more inclusive decision making we have to see more women at the table and we have to see more women from the global south you know if you look at what's happening with our climate the the people that are most affected are often people who live in rural areas it's often women it's often the most disenfranchised in our society and yet we don't see those very people at the decision making tables so the idea really is to link women in the global south with mentors and knowledge so that they can become leaders in the, in the, the sustainability field and that course happens every year and then in, in conjunction to that the, the global movement of women leaders country health is focused on producing a lot of research and advocacy work around the issue and the south african hub that we've started we're specifically looking at understanding the link between gender and planetary health. We find that when it comes to issues of sustainability and the climate, we know women are disproportionately affected, but we also know that at the moment it's an area that is not well researched. So we're a team of four 
We are two postdoctoral fellows and two medical doctors from South Africa doing this study. In conjunction, we're writing a small ebook and putting together an online course for people in South Africa to have a really context specific idea of what planetary health is about and to introduce them to the concept that it doesn't matter if you're not in the field, it matters that we all have basic understanding of how what's happening in our climate impacts us and what we can do about it as individuals. Even if our career on the surface doesn't appear to be one which, which tackles that. And in my other role as, a, in, as an Atlantic fellow, I currently am lucky enough to serve on two of the boards where we're thinking about, you know, how do we take people who are interested in issues of health equity and really bring them together from across the world to, to work on these issues? Because for so long, one of the biggest barriers to progress when it comes to development is that we work in silos and we stick within our discipline, our country. And, and this network is really about how do we bring people together? How do we foster collaboration? How do we think about a more equitable society? Because equity and the policies that prohibit it at the moment are really also key issues um, when it comes to sustainability. Society is not going to be sustainable if we're if we're not all having access to at least decent access to housing, decent access to healthcare. And, and so these two roles intersect and, and bounce off one another. And that keeps me busy most days. Yeah, I think it's such an important focus. I mean, you hear more about this kind of just transition that kind of governments throw around and their policies and things, but it is so important to get the people whose voices might not ordinarily be heard and bring them together and that they can contribute to the decisions being made because that's the only way that it's going to become a more kind of accessible and equal solution. Absolutely, I really agree. And I think we've seen with the movement that's come from young people that it's no longer that people can just make decisions without, without having everyone actually represented. And sometimes when we think about sustainability, I think for many people, it feels like a top-down approach where they're being told what they should or shouldn't do. But we have to also recognize that, you know, the countries that are most affected at the moment by what's happening in the climate also contribute at the least. And there are power dynamics implicit in everything. And there is a huge power asymmetry when it comes to decision-making and when it comes to climate decision-making specifically that absolutely needs addressing. And I hope with the small work we're doing and many other organizations and individuals, you know, this tide continues to change and it becomes the norm to have young people, to have marginalized, to have indigenous people and to have everyone who's previously been othered from that space of power in that space, making the decisions collectively and not being told what a just transition should look like, but rather co-creating that. And it's really, really important. Yeah, and it's a very powerful message. Thank you. And and you've you've really nicely described not only the importance of the work you're doing, but also how you're doing it, how you're bringing these people together to actually have actionable change. Um, so we'd love to kind of in the next segment discover more about you personally and your your career journey. So how did you find yourself in the role you're in at the moment? So I trained as a medical doctor actually. And I had zero awareness around sustainability, around climate change, 
it felt like felt like something that was very peripheral and was an issue for developed countries and it didn't really permeate my consciousness until I had the opportunity to go free diving in Indonesia and I remember this was a lifelong dream being underwater surrounded by plastic and it was antithesis of everything I had expected and it, it was interesting that it took me to travel to another country to realize that when I mean these effects are in my own country and that really got me thinking because it touched me at such a deep place you know I had this dream and I, I managed to actually get there and to go diving and here human activity had really spoiled and polluted this beautiful ocean and I think I became really curious about you know what is my role in all of this and what can I do to help and I during this time was doing my master's in public health and then found Women Leaders Planetary Health through that network where I, I really learned a lot more and I think broadened my awareness and consciousness consciousness around the issue but it took a long time and I think it wasn't because it isn't a linear career trajectory to go from being a doctor to working in sustainability uh, it took a long time for me to figure out how everything fits together and I'm still a work in progress and I think my my understanding just became so much broader that yes I trained as a doctor but if I'm only thinking about health in terms of people's health and not the health of our planet it's really not not sustainable and I think I just tapped into a lot more systems thinking, a lot more conversations around these issues. And eventually I pivoted. I, I was also afforded the space. I, I was diagnosed with congenital hip dysplasia when I actually finished my training as a doctor. And it was really interesting that going through that journey of, of getting that corrected and being a patient on the patient's facing side of healthcare made me also see things in quite a different light. And taking a chance to actually slow down a bit of my career when I had to at that point um, made me tap into the fact that where I want to make a difference and the levers I want to pull on for impact are, are at a system level. And for some people, it's at a patient level. For some people, at a system level, there's no right or wrong. But for me, it became really clear. And it also became really clear that in, in my context in South Africa, there is the, the effects of what's happening about climate are everywhere. It's disproportionately affecting women. The healthcare sector is seeing the effects like we've never seen before. You know, just even, even thinking to our recent flooding experienced in one of our provinces in KwaZulu-Natal, we aren't prepared. And I just feel that there is a need. I have a passion and a curiosity and, and the two met each other beautifully. And, and the road further, I'm sure, will continue to unfold as I walk it. But I know with conviction that this is where I find a lot of joy and purpose and where I'm really happy to, to think about my career going forward. If people are kind of in a health background at the moment, um, and have a passion for sustainability are there any other key skills kind of you picked up along the way that you would say helped got you to where you are now 
Sure. Well, I think if anybody is thinking along that that path, well done. Um, we really need more people, I think, in the healthcare space, particularly to be tapping into these issues. You know, if, if the healthcare sector was a country, it would be the fifth largest emitter of greenhouse gases in the world. And I think what we saw with COVID is that the amount of medical waste produced, the inefficiencies and inequities in our system, all these issues aren't sustainable and we need more people to be tapping into it. And I, I would say if anybody was interested in getting involved, there's a lot of incredible resources where people can learn more. And I think that for me has been the first step of actually just understanding the links between the environment and health. For instance, there's Project ECHO, which runs a really good online course specifically for healthcare workers. There's Ecomedics, which is an incredible society in the UK doing work for healthcare workers thinking about sustainability. There's also the Centre for Sustainable Healthcare. There's a lot of resources that I think, you know, can, can really enrich one's understanding. I think to your question specifically around skill set, what has been useful for me to think about in terms of the skills I want to build is really learning to work in multidisciplinary teams, you know, across geographies and across disciplines. We're trained as medical um, as medical doctors to work in a healthcare team, you know, in a in a very set silo, and that's that mold has to be broken if we're really going to achieve the progress we need to as a society. So with that, I think, is also the need to develop cultural fluency because these issues are not uh, apolitical either. And people see them from really different angles. And culture really also influences how we understand sustainability, what our priorities are when it comes to working together and towards development. And so understanding what this means to different people and how to work together is really important. I think also building a bit more of a generalist skill set in a world at the moment which prizes deep knowledge, and rightfully so in some areas, we absolutely need specialists, we need people who have that deep knowledge, but we also need people who can connect the dots and bridge, make bridges between the different industries, because that's really going to allow us to achieve impact on a much greater level. And so to develop these skills is really important. With that. I would say the ability to think really critically about where the issue really sits. There's a lot of greenwashing that happens in the space. And I think it's also quite easy to get sucked into a doom and gloom mindset. But if we think critically about what is possible as individuals, and if we think really um, critically about discerning, you know, where can we have an impact? What can I do? Um, I think that also really helps to keep things in perspective. You know, we everyone has a circle of influence and our behavior does matter. Matters not just for our own carbon footprints, but for what we model. And even small changes matter. And I think to develop that mindset of just a lot of congruency between what we're wanting to achieve in our careers, but also how we show up in our personal lives, you know. Um, and, and I think lastly, I just add on to that leadership. We're obviously at a big 
intersection and crisis of leadership on these particular issues of sustainability. And even if we have people that are the most uh, savvy in terms of their expertise around these issues, if we don't have good leadership, I think we will still fall short. And so I'd really encourage people to think about developing this on an ongoing basis. I think leadership is dynamic, you know, it can shrink or grow in proportion to how much we develop the skill. And if we really want to get involved in this space in a meaningful way, we have to be able to lead ourselves and to, to co-create um, and be leaders in the space. Thank you. That's a, it's a really inspiring message. And just to, to go back to kind of your journey as well, I, I, I love that you kind of you shared a specific moment about something changed for you and, and kind of gave that story. Um, but it's, I mean, it must have been quite a transition going from obviously a more traditional kind of medical background to the space that you're currently in. And was it an easy transition? Do you think that, you know, would you have done it differently anyway? Or what advice would you say to yourself, perhaps, if you could go back and as you're about to start that journey, what advice would you give to your to your younger self? Sure, I think that's, that's something I've reflected on a lot. Look, the journey took a few years and was heavily influenced by the fact, you know, I had a dysplasia and was getting it corrected. And so there was almost this forced break from medicine where I had some space and time and I was doing my NPH to, to reconsider. But I think if I had to give advice to my former self, I expected things to be a lot more linear and particularly in the medical world, one studies medicine, then you do your internship and community service, then you become a specialist. And it's such a prescriptive career path that jumping off the path, you almost wonder, sure, you know, is there any path other than the one I've been told to be on? But intuitively, I knew there was. And I also knew that I've been built for this type of work. It brings me alive. It brings me so much joy. And when I do it, it doesn't feel like work. But I think it took me a long time to trust myself on that. It took me a long time to trust that there is a different path. There's a different way of doing things, of showing up in the world, of forging careers in sustainability and healthcare when this was not something people were thinking about 50 years ago, or at least the majority of the population, you know? So it is a new space. And I think trusting my intuition more would have been a lot more helpful. And I think being discerning about which voices get to speak into that, because for perhaps a different generation, the idea of not practicing or not being whatever you study to be whether that's an accountant a doctor or a lawyer is unheard of and comes with a lot of condemnation you know and I and I think for a while those voices were quite loud but when I actually paid attention to the other voices and the need in society around yes we need people that can work at the intersection of multiple spaces we need people who connect dots we need people who think at a systems level and are able to show up with their whole selves I think that just really added a lot of confirmation to my choice and I think the other advice I would have given myself is that um, you know in thinking about sustainability we often think only in terms of the, the macroscopic in terms of what our career looks like um, 
what are we doing for the environment? You know, are we developing policies that are really helpful for reducing carbon emissions, for thinking about biodiversity loss in whatever space we're in? But there's also a microscopic level of personal sustainability, which I think has played into it. And it's, are we actually taking care of ourselves in a way that allows us to work from a space of wellness and work from a space of joy? Because the last thing the world needs is people who are overly busy and burnt out trying to do sustainability work because that is incongruent. And I think for me, coming from a culture in medicine where burnout is very much the norm, and if you aren't burnt out, you're doing something wrong, it took a while to reorder my, my thinking around the issue of actually, no, this doesn't have to be the way that I want my life and my career to go. I want to be able to show up uh, as the best possible version of myself, you know, because I have taken care of, of my health, of um, the rest of the areas of my life. I'm living in a spacious place in terms of actually being connected to nature and those around me, because I think we do much better work when we work from that place of connection. And that's something I didn't understand initially, but I think something that has changed for me. And for those looking to take a different career route, I think I would just share from my journey, it's really helpful to get in touch with, with yourself, with your relationship with nature, with um, you know, thinking about, is this sustainable for you as an individual long-term? And really building a career where you can have deep, meaningful impact uh, for those around you and nature, not just do things that are good for your CV in the short term. We're all so desperately keen to kind of get somewhere and that's the way life is kind of, it's what you're taught from a young age. You, you study, you do this, then you find a job and then you keep working. But actually, like you say, sustainability is such a kind of encompassing thing. Like there's so many elements that come into it and we all kind of need to slow down and think about what actually is the most sustainable for ourselves and for our of lifestyles and careers and yeah it's taking like looking at the wider picture <laughs> absolutely and if we want to if we want to if we want to achieve a different result in terms of our, our planet not being in disarray because of human activity and a more equitable society we also have to do things differently and that almost is counterintuitive you know on a personal level on a professional level we have to build systems with care, thoughtfulness, and at a pace where yeah. we don't all burn out, uh, at a pace where things are really generative and wholesome. But that, yeah, I guess that feels very counterintuitive because I also share that sentiment and need of like, oh, but there's so much to do and we, we need to keep busy, you know, and we need to actually make change. But I, I think um, if we have communities where we can figure that out collectively. We also realize we don't have to do it alone. And, and the more people are tapped into what sustainability looks like, the less we get stuck in a frenzy trying to, to have impact as individuals, we can have impact together. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And I'm, I've just, I relate to so much of what you've said as well, because, you know, doing the PhD and of course, there's a similar, I think, environment and a culture of, you know, if you're not working all the time, you're not working hard enough. And it actually doesn't produce anything useful in the end and it's it doesn't make you grow as a person it doesn't improve your impact so that ability to know yourself and know you know 
the importance of slowing down or the importance of you know taking things at the right pace and leaning on others is is really valuable and as well useful for people thinking about their future careers you know that this message doesn't have to be the way it is that we can we can take a different approach where would you like to take your work going forward what opportunities do you see emerging within the field that maybe didn't exist before or you think will exist in a few years time I think my career focus at the moment is thinking about how to make healthcare systems more sustainable on all these levels we've been speaking about and you know my work at Women Leaders Planetary Health and Atlantic Fellows I think would help me hopefully introduce some of these changes at a more communal level but in terms of the actual system I I'm actually my my master's was on frugal innovation and um, for surgical access in low middle and um, uh, low middle income countries really thinking about context specific low-cost innovations and you know when we do that we can also think about local supply chains and making a huge impact in terms of the sustainability. For instance, there's a, a thing called a Jiper Fit, which is a prosthetic made of recycled plastic and specifically made for people who don't wear shoes. And something like that now is really good for the environment, firstly. Secondly, it's giving people who never had access to prosthetics before access to prosthetics because previously they were all made for people who wear shoes and they were unaffordable. Now they're affordable and so, there's a health equity dimension and that's just one example but that's really where I'm interested in making the change in the healthcare system I'll be starting a new position um, at the Stanford Center for Biodesign in two months time um, where it's a year-long fellowship thinking about health innovation and I'm hoping that I can really think about this in sustainability lens for specifically low middle income countries of okay we have healthcare systems that are clearly unsustainable clearly inequitable can we use innovation as a way to guide not just products but also processes to to make it more equitable accessible and better for our planet and so that's the one the one thing and i think the other thing is just really hoping to grow in the space in terms of how we do things and um, you know paying a lot of thought to organizations I'm involved in now and if we can do more for thinking about our planet thinking about the work with a sustainability lens and for spreading that awareness that is absolutely key in my context we need to get more people understanding that this is not only for people who have degrees in a field directly aligned with sustainability this is everybody's issue you know in, in two generations our great-grandchildren will not have a habitable planet if all of us don't take action. And so it's really trying to think about the best way to do that. And I hope, hope to use a variety of creative and different collective approaches to do that. But that are, that's the two big areas of focus for my career going forward. I guess it shows that you, even you've done so much on kind of progressing the way people might view healthcare and sustainability, but now you're taking it to a whole new kind of area which could use that lens so it just shows that change can always be made I feel like there's no kind of stopping our students <laughs> in sustainability and where we can go I don't know if I take credit for for that I think you know these areas have actually always existed when it comes to specifically frugal innovation 
it's just never been valued actually and and so now that there is a sustainability agenda it's being recognized and i think i am in the fortunate position where i actually did get to learn about that and realize that we can do more than just advocate we can actually build better systems um so i think that makes me really excited that there is that that whole space waiting to be tapped into and hopefully i can be useful in some way um in that space i'm absolutely certain that you will <laughs> um so just a just a final question if what what piece of advice would you give to students kind of entering the job market and thinking about a, a career at the intersection of health equity and sustainability and and you know gender equity as well first be very cautious of all advice giving <laughs> you know i i think for me this journey has been quite an intuitive one and um i can share what i have i have found useful but i you know different people have things that are useful to them in different contexts so definitely not trying to be prescriptive on this end but what i would say has helped me in my journey is is really to slow down and connect with myself and connect with nature because for st students looking for careers in sustainability and merging that with health there can be a tendency that everything becomes an academic exercise we over theorize it, it comes about the job instead of about the core value but i think if we really tapped into the values that are promoting us to do the work those doors will open you know we don't have to force things and bang on it and work so hard to get the perfect cv but meanwhile we're completely disconnected from ourselves and our communities and the natural world so i think that would be my first thing that i would say has been useful and i think the second thing is that in my own past and thinking about moving towards sustainability it didn't look like a clear cut job it didn't look like a 9 to 5 you know and it didn't look like necessarily job security or a linear journey which were all really scary things at first now i relish them and so you know for students thinking of moving into sustainability i don't think one must wait until you have something perfectly cut out to move into the space volunteer get involved you know work for a social enterprise and recognize as well that first prize is of course being in a role where you're able to work at the intersection of all the things you're passionate about but even if you aren't in a role that is explicitly about that you can bring those values to the space you know how how you manage and show up in the world can speak a lot to your values on equity and sustainability you know you can encourage even if you're working for a big corporate their policies to change entrepreneurship with an i not an e when it comes to working within big corporates to start initiatives that that focus on more sustainable practices have been some of the most powerful catalysts for actually getting the corporate sector to change their behavior so it doesn't always have to look like working for an organization that's 100% sustainability aligned and you know i i would go as far as to say that the world desperately needs people who have these values and these priorities to show up in places where that's not the dominant culture and to be able to change it because if we all just converge around organizations which are doing the work it's great and that's great for a season perhaps but we also need to recognize that this message is just not it's not just for us it's for everyone and we have that 
I guess, responsibility to be of service in that way. And I think that also comes down to just trusting yourself and, and your journey. Um, I think in that phase of looking for a job and trying to figure out your career, there's so many loud voices, there's so much advice, there's so much right and wrong. And I think at an intuitive level, if we actually just pay attention, things will become clearer. Um, you know, there's a nice saying that will we allow ourselves to sit long enough to let the muddied water become clear? And, and if it isn't automatically clear what your next move is, sit a while, volunteer a while, take an online course, learn more. And we don't have to jump if we aren't sure. And the more, we, the more I have learned, at least, the more I've done online courses, engaged with people who have radically different views or have completely different set of knowledge or skills, the more those things have become clear and the more I've learned. And I still have so much to learn about the space, but I at least know where to look for some of that information, who to speak to. And I know that I have a community who will support me and I'm not in it alone. And I think that's a really precious gift that I would encourage everyone to go out and seek and actively build. Thank you so much. That's incredible. Thank you. You know, lots of, of kind of core messages of things that helped you in your journey which I'm sure will be super valuable for other people who are currently looking or thinking about looking or reconsidering how their role can how they can bring sustainability into their role so thank you so much thank you thank you both for having me it's been a great conversation I've really enjoyed speaking to both